Thank you for taking the time to listen to this audio sermon from Apostolic Worship Center. Our prayer is that you'll be encouraged and blessed by the anointed Word of God. If you'd like more information about Apostolic Worship Center and its ministries, visit our website at www.awcnorman.com. I'm going to read one verse of Scripture in that chapter, verse number 5, Psalm chapter 30, verse number 5. The psalmist writes in this 30th chapter, he says, His anger, speaking concerning God, His anger endureth but a moment. In other words, the chastisement of God is just, just for a moment. But in His favor is life. And then the psalmist concludes, weeping that may have come from that chastisement may endure for a night. He says, but now as a result of His favor, joy cometh in the morning. I preached for a little while this morning from this subject. The long night is about over. The long night is about over. Would you ask the Lord to help us now? Jesus, asking you, Lord, for your help in the next little while to open, dear God, the windows of heaven. We ask you, Lord, to help us, dear God, to be a vessel. And an instrument, dear God, a tool, a device, God, in your hands. God, to communicate and articulate, God, the Word of God. Lord, that we might receive that precious Word into our heart and respond to it by faith. We're asking you for it now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Would you lift your hand and your voice to the Lord? And would you make a sound and an expression of praise unto the Lord all across this building cheerfully? Giving praise. Cheerfully giving praise unto Him. I thank you, Lord. And I praise you and I magnify you and I glorify you and I exalt you. Come on, let's praise Him a little bit now. Let's praise Him a little bit. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God, praise God. Before you see it, turn to your neighbor, look him square in the eye and tell him the long night is about over. You may be seated. God bless you. You have to read all of the 30th chapter of the book of Psalm to capture its significance, its meaning, and its application. This 30th chapter is an expression of gratitude that the psalmist David, who has an extreme amount of appreciation for what God has done. He takes time in this 30th chapter to acknowledge the work of God in his life and to attribute to God that what he has had happened to him has been a direct result of divine intervention. No less than six times in this 30th chapter does he attribute the blessings and the resources and all that he has unto God. 
He begins in Psalms 30 and verse number 1 when he says, Thou hast lifted me up. Verse number 2, he says, Thou hast healed me. Verse number 3, he says, Thou hast brought me up. Verse number 3, he says, Thou hast kept me. Verse number 7, he says, Thou hast made my mountain to stand strong. Verse number 11, he says, Thou hast turned from me my mourning into dancing. Thou hast put off my sackcloth. Thou hast girded me with strength. In other words, the psalmist wants it to be understood clearly without question, without any equivocation that it has been God that has done the work in his life. As he said in another psalm, if it had not been for the Lord that had been on my side, then what? Would we have done? Does anybody feel that way this morning? That if it had not been for the Lord, what would we do? As I survey life, I have to say it's thou hast. Not that I have, but thou hast done this work in my life. This is not always been the thinking of the psalmist. He's not always had this feeling of appreciation and gratitude toward God. He's not always seen that it was God who has touched him and helped him and strengthened him. For he says in verse number 6 of Psalms chapter 30, he said, there was a point in my life When things were well and in my prosperity, I said, I never shall be moved. He said, there was an occasion when all was going smoothly and there were no bends and twists and turns in life that I paused and arrogantly and maybe with a touch of self-confidence I said, I shall never be moved. I shall never find myself in a place of adversity or in a place of need or in a place or a circumstance of problems that prevail in my life. This is the speech of a wicked man for he says I shall never be in adversity and now the psalmist borrows what the wicked says applies it to himself and says it shall never ever happen to me. We must understand that life does turn and there are twists and bends and what it is today it may not be that tomorrow and we must never arrogantly think that it cannot happen to me. That life will not fall apart for me. That life will not come to a place of devastation and destruction for me. But now it is the psalmist that realizes I did fall into that place. It did indeed happen to me. And in that he learns that it was only God that could get him through. Thou hast lifted me up. That means he must have been brought low at some point. For he says thou hast 
lifted me up. There must have been an occasion when he was sick. For he says, thou hast healed me. There must have been a place where he had come close to death's door. And he says, thou hast brought me up from the grave. There must have been a point where the prognosis of his future life was in question for he says thou hast kept me alive. There must have been a place where he felt weak and without strength for he says thou hast made my mountain to stand strong. There must have been a place where mourning and sackcloth had become the order of his day for he says thou hast turned my mourning into dancing and girded me with gladness. May I say to you today that life is an alarm clock that pulls us away from our illusions of safety. And suddenly with every dawn of every day we realize that it's a new road that I'm on and life can happen to me. And there can be problems and there can be difficulties and there can be issues and there can be moments that are dark and there can be lonely roads and there can be frustrating moments and there can be times of weakness and there can be times when I am at death's door. But I'm so glad today that I have a God to lean on and I have a God to call on and I have a God to trust in and I have a God to lift my voice to in the moments that come in the realities of life. Understand that we are in a cycle. Scripture tells us the prophet, the book of Isaiah, that God formed both the light and He formed the darkness. Both are the creation of God. He created the light and He created the darkness. We read in Genesis chapter 1 in the creative week of where that cycle moves that says the evening and the morning was the first day. Often when we speak of that creative week and we make mention of the order in which that it's listed, the evening being first, when normally we would say morning to evening, the creative story says evening to morning. And it's usually commented at that moment that that's because God always looks forward to something better. Evening to morning. We move from the night to the sunrise. But what we forget in that story. And that may be a great illustration from that first chapter of the book of Genesis. Evening to morning. God always moves ahead. We seem to forget that the morning now is connected to the next evening. And what moved in this process. Evening to morning. As life moves on. It soon moves back to evening again because it is the cycle and the rhythm of life. Yes, we go from where we are to something better. But in the cycle of life, it doesn't always stay there. It always moves on evening to morning. Morning to evening. It is the cycle of life. The disciples experienced this in the Lord's ministry when upon that great mount the Lord had performed a great miracle. And He had multiplied 
multiplied the loaves and the fishes to feed the multitude. He had taken the five loaves and the two fishes and he had fed that great multitude that day. The disciples are rejoicing in the moment. The miracle that has transpired. None has seen anything like this that out of a little lad's lunch could come such a dynamic and remarkable miracle. And while they're picking the fragments up, while they're gathering together the leftovers of that miracle, because when God performs a miracle, He never performs just enough. He always provides a little extra. And so they're picking up the fragments. And while they're picking up the fragments, they fall into the cycle of life. They have to be moved now from this miraculous moment. The Lord turns to them while they're stacking away the baskets of the miracle and He says I want you to leave here and I want you to go to the other side and He moves them from that miraculous moment into a storm, into a dark place into their life and they can't understand it because here things look well and now things look so dark but it's simply the cycle of life that's the way we move through life it's the reality of life it's where we are right now and we will continue that cycle until there comes that endless day when time releases itself and there is no more night and it's day forever and we rejoice with Him on the other side but right now it's evening, morning, evening, morning evening, morning and about the time I think I got it together here comes another evening and about the time I'm rejoicing in the morning here comes another evening and about the time I'm thankful for a sunrise there comes a sunset it's evening and morning and evening and morning and evening and morning that's the reality of life it never stays in one season it never stays in one time but I've come to tell you it, the cycle of life may be a reality but there's another reality that the prophet gives us in Isaiah chapter 43 and verse number 2 it says when thou passest through the waters I will be with thee and through the rivers they shall not overflow thee when thou walkest through the fire thou shall not be burned neither shall the flame kindle upon thee verse 3 says for I am the Lord thy God verse 4 said and I have loved thee verse 5 says fear not for I am with thee yes there will be the fire yes there will be the floods but there's another reality there's a God that walks along the side of me holds my hand and is always there and can I tell you the divine reality is greater than the natural reality Somebody clap your hands and just shout a little bit now to the Lord. Now understand, so there will be the darkness and there will be the night. If you're not in it right now, I don't mean to be a doomsday preacher. I don't mean to be negative, but you live long enough from the point where you are right now, there's going to be some problems. There's going to be some difficulties. It's just the way life goes. It's the way life happens. It's the reality of life. It's the way things transpire. As long as I'm in this earthly journey, 
I will always have these dark moments. I will always have a night. There will always be a time when the sun doesn't shine. There will always be a time where I feel that I am alone. That I am by myself. And that I'm on my own. The issue is this. It's not about the night. That's just part of life. It will happen. There will be a time where I'm sick. There will be a time where I hurt. There will be a time where I suffer. There will be a time where I have questions. There will be a time where I have fears. There will be a time where I wonder about tomorrow. That will just happen as long as I am in this life. I don't know how to make it any clearer to you, but the gospel doesn't take away life's pain and life's problems. The gospel doesn't take away the issues that I have to deal with. Your alarm clock, you repent, you're baptized in Jesus' name. You get the Holy Ghost by the evidence of speaking into other tongues. You, you dance and shout and dust the ceiling with your socks and do handstands and backflips and feel all kinds of spiritual goosebumps and fine and good. Well, may I tell you, the alarm clock's going to go off in the morning. Okay, and You're going to have to get up. And you're going to have to go punch the clock. And you're going to have to look at a boss. And you're going to have to deal with issues. And when you get home, you're going to have to open the mailbox. And there's going to be the Wendell envelopes that are going to be there. There's going to be plenty of them. And they're not advertisements either. They're, 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 they're asking for some remuneration. And, and you stack them up. And, you, and, and, and you, you try to figure out how you're going to do This is life. This is what happens. We live in these moments. There's things that take place in this body. It happens. It, it, just, it just transpires. I, I don't know how, how it all happens. It, it, it's, I, I, it's, it's process. It's life. Uh, Sister Borders had shoulder surgery uh, uh, Monday. And, and, and they said it's, it's bone spurs and arthritis. And, 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 and that that just comes in young age and, and that just, just, just kind of happens and you know in that, that moment of life and uh, you know somebody said what well, did she hurt herself what did she do you know well it, it, you know I had her out jacking up the car and, and all that kind of stuff you know no I, I don't know I don't know what she did I, I don't know how it happened I, I, I don't know all I know is the doctor says it's, it's frozen there, there's a lot of arthritis in there he said I'm going to try to get out all I can I've I, 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 I ground off all those bone, bone spurs I, I fixed areas that are frayed and maybe three ten years down the road you might have to have a shoulder replacement but right now you're doing pretty good you're doing all right. I, I don't know how it all happens. It just, it just happens. This is, this is the process of life. And, and, and we, we, we have to learn to rise with the, that, that, that thing. Brother Derek said he's never heard spoken of before except by me. But I like using. We just got to learn how to ride with the, the vicissitudes of life. That means the ups and the downs. We, we got to learn how to, 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 to ride on that, that roller coaster of, of life. And, uh, and, and sometimes it gets a, it gets a little precarious in all of this. Now, the issue is not the cycle of life. The issue is not the fact that, that the evening is following the morning. The issue is how I respond to this night. It's, it's how I deal with this darkness. It's how I deal with this moment that I'm in right now. That's the real issue in all of this. I've got to learn how to deal with this in 
so the psalmist says in Psalms 30 and 5, he says, weeping may, or that is, it's permitted, it's allowed to endure. And it's in this little segment of time for a night. Now, we don't know what was taking place in the 30th chapter. Some have applied the 30th chapter to the judgment that had come upon David when he had numbered very arrogantly the people, the nation of Israel, and God brought judgment upon him. Or if it was another stage of life. But the issue is simply this. He said, weeping may endure whether I'm in my darkness because of the cycle of life or whether I'm in this night because of the corrective hand of God. It doesn't change the fact that I'm in a night that has been permitted by the divine hand of God. What I have to understand is this, is what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 4 and 17 when he says, our light affliction which is but for a moment worketh in us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. So this is what I got to know. If the night that I'm in is not an eternal night, it's just a moment that I'm in and I've got to learn how to respond to that moment. Now, he said weeping may. Now the natural response to problems and difficulties is you weep. Has anybody ever wept? Uh, anybody ever cried? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's all right. You know, big boys cry. All right? I don't care what they tell you. Big boys cry. All right? Big girls cry. Weeping is the natural response to our problems and our difficulties. And he said, weeping may. Now, that's the natural process of the night. Weeping may. I, 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 I am going to cry. I'm going to shed some tears. I'm, I'm going to bow my head. I'm going to bury it under the covers. I'm going to push it under the pew. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to crawl across the floor, sliding my face on the carpet. I'm going to weep. That's the natural process of the night that has come to my life. But that should not be the only component of my troubles and my darkness. Weeping has got to be accompanied by this thing called worship. Because some of the greatest and the, the deepest form of worship happens in the time of my weeping. Some of my deepest worship and most significant worship happens in that moment with tears rolling down my cheek and my heart breaking and I lift my hands to God and instead of just weeping I take those tears and I turn it back into worship unto the Lord. David writes in Psalms 134 and 1 he says behold blessed bless ye the Lord all ye servants of the Lord which by night stand in the house of the Lord. He said lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. He said, what are you doing in the house of God at night? Because the best place to be in the night is in the house of God. And he said, in that house, he said, lift your hands to the Lord and just give Him worship and praise. Will I weep? You better believe I'm going to weep. But I'm going to counterbalance my weeping by lifting my voice and giving praise and worship and 
adoration unto my God. I want to be like the angels of heaven that rest not day or night, but stand in the presence of God saying, Holy, Holy, Holy. If it's day, I'm going to praise Him. But if it's night, I'm going to worship Him. I may have to do it through tears. I may have to do it through weeping. But I shall worship the Lord. It's the only way to handle the night and the weeping. is I've got to counterbalance it with worship. If I don't counterbalance the weeping with worship, sorrow comes. And when sorrow comes, my spirit is dragged down. Not only must I worship in the night, i got to learn how to open my ears up. i got to learn how to hear what God is saying to me in the darkness of the night. You see, God speaks the loudest when it's the darkest. He speaks the loudest when it seems to be the most trouble. And the storms of life seem to be the greatest. It's at night that my hearing becomes the most sensitive. You see, in the night, my vision is not what it ought to be. I can't always see. But my hearing makes up for my vision. Our problem is, is we want to see everything. And in the night, you just can't see everything. At night, you got to learn how to listen To the voice of God. And hear the words of God. When I can't see, I can hear. You know, the night can be kind of confusing. Remember an old man told me one time, when he was a boy, just a young boy, and he was walking an old country road. And uh, it was late at night, and he was coming back home. He'd been off working, I think was the story. And he was coming back home. He was just a young teenager. He was walking down a gravel road and he said he looked over in the ditch. And when he looked over the ditch, he saw a big old bear in that ditch. He said, I saw that bear. He said, I saw its ears sticking up. He said, I saw its, its, its mouth open. He said, I saw its massive claws there in that ditch. He said, I, I was scared. I was startled. He said, I stopped. He said, I slowly backtracked. Crossed to the other side. Got down as far as I could in the ditch on the other side. Slipped around that big old bear. Got home. He said the next morning, he said, I wanted to go down. And I wanted to see what kind of tracks that big old bear left. He said, and when I got down there, instead of finding bear tracks. He said, I found an old broken off stump. He said, it had a couple of little little limb stuck out kind of like this and had a big hole right in the middle of it. He said in the night, he said that stump must have looked like a bear. He said the night made it look like it was some ferocious animal, but the day brought the real revelation. You see at night, we see all kinds of stuff. At night, our imagination goes wild. At night, we imagine the worst. At night, we think 
that the world is coming to an end. At night, we imagine that, that things can't get any worse than they are. It's only in the day we realize that it's not near as bad as we thought it was. So you know what i got to have? i got to have my hearing open to hear the voice of God. we got to be like the disciples on that sea in the middle of the storm. And when they looked out, they saw something moving on the water. They thought it was a ghost. Their vision was bad, but their hearing perked up. And they heard the Lord said, Be of good cheer. It is high. Oh, friend, what we need to hear is the voice of God in the middle of my night that says everything's going to be alright. Everything's okay. God, I'm going to take care of all of those problems and those difficulties. I've got to learn how to worship. I've got to learn how to hear the voice of God. I've got to learn how to understand that it's the Lord that wants to speak. Now, this is what I've got to learn to do. I've got to learn how not to become self-reliant in my night. We move into self-preservation. I don't know if anybody's done it or not. That's fine if you have. That's fine. I, I, don't, 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 don't tell me. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. It's, it's all right if you do it. It's fine. I'm, I'm, I'm not. Uh, forget it. I, just, you know, you, you, hear, you, you hear these ads on, 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 on the radio about buying all this food for doomsday. You know, I, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe so. I have no idea. But, but you can, for so much money, you, you, can, you, can, you can stock up all this food and, and it's going to keep you through the apocalypse that's, that's coming. And, uh, you know, the idea is self-preservation. You've got, you, you got to preserve yourself because that's human nature, okay? It's human nature. We, we want to self-preserve. We want to try to take care of ourselves. We want to try to try to try to bring ourselves into a state of safety. And so we move into self-preservation. In the spiritual realm, self-preservation cancels faith. In the spiritual realm, self-preservation does away with our reliance and our trust upon God. The prophet writes in Isaiah 50 and verse number 10, he says, Who is among you that feareth the Lord, that obeyeth the voice of his servant, that walketh in darkness and hath no light? Let him trust in the name of the Lord. Let him stay upon his God. He said he's walking in darkness and he's got no light. He said, let him trust in the name of the Lord and stay upon his God. Verse 11 says, Behold, all ye that kindle a fire, that compass yourself with sparks, Walk in that light of your fire. And in the sparks that you've kindled, this shall you have of my hand. You're going to lie down in sorrow. He said, I tell you what, when you're in darkness, he said, trust in the Lord. Don't build your own fire. Don't make your own light. Don't try to find your own way because if you build your own fire, you're going to lie down. And God don't want us to lie down. He wants us to lean on Him, but not to lie down. And so I can't move into self-preservation. i got to realize if I'm in the night, i got to trust God. He's going to lead me. He's going to direct me. He's going to guide me. He's going to order my steps. And sometimes it feels like I'm, I'm rather blind in all of this. It feels like sometimes I, I wonder where I'm going and I wonder what I'm doing and I, I can't quite see my way through. Has anybody ever ridden in the back seat of a car and you can't see out and, and you got people in front of you and maybe the windows are kind of kind of darkened on the side and you're, 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 you're trying to see but you can't see and you know you're going over some hills and you know going around some curves. You just kind of got to trust the driver, don't you? Kind of kind of depend and you can feel your stomach leave you as he tops the hill and you wonder what in the world's he doing but you can't see all the curves and you don't know what's happening. You just kind of got to trust 
trust the guy that's driving that. And, and hopefully you can trust him, you know, that, that everything's going to be all right. But sometimes God, he just kind of leads us along in our darkness. And we can't always see where we're going. And we don't always know the path that we're walking. We don't always know where we're going. And sometimes we just kind of want to kind of exercise a little bit of independence. And we want to break loose from God and say, you know what? I can manage here. I'll build my own fire. I'll get my own campsite going. And I'll, I'll get a little light right here. And if you want to build your own fire, God will let you build your own fire. But I've come today on this Sunday morning to tell you, quit building your own fire. Just keep trusting in that pillar of fire that will lead us and guide us and direct us and order our steps. Because I'm telling you, God that brought us out of Egypt, He's going to lead us all the way across and He's going to lead us in. So I'm just going to trust the movement of that pillar. Come on now, somebody help me. I'm going to, I'm going to trust going to trust. Somebody turn to your neighbor and say the long night's about over. The long night's about over. I'm just trusting. I'm just depending. I'm just having confidence in God. God's going to lead me. God's going to direct me. God's going to guide me. God's going to order my step. God's going to take care of me. God's, God's going to supply. God's going to get me through this. I've got my hand in the hand of God. and God's going to provide. And He's going to open the windows of heaven above me. And he, He's going to give me the direction that I need. I wish somebody today would just reach your hand up to heaven and say, God, in this night that I'm in, I believe your hand is directing and guiding me right now. See, we must always know that God's working. God's working on my behalf. It may be night, but God is working on my behalf. It may be dark, a thousand times dark. It may be so dark you can't see your hand in front of your face, but God is working when it is in our darkness. We sing it often, even when I can't feel it. He's working. Even when I don't know it. He's working. He's doing something. Is that not what Israel did when they stood at the banks of the Red Sea and Egypt bearing down upon them? They're standing in a place where they were trapped and caught. They knew what God had done. But for most of us, we're not as interested in what God has done as in what He is doing. Because when we get in a mess, we oftentimes don't go back to what He has done. We go back to what is He doing at the moment for me. And at the moment, it appeared that God wasn't working. But what they didn't know. Exodus tells us in Exodus 14 and 21 that Moses had stretched his hand out over the sea. And the Lord caused the sea to go back. And he did it by a strong east wind all that night. That wind blew all night long. All night long. They didn't know what was happening. They just thought the east wind was just, just kind of rattling their tents a little bit. Making their life a little more miserable. Just making that setting where they were at a little more difficult. And what they didn't know, it was God that was working. And He was providing a way across. And He was working all night. I've come to tell somebody that God has been working all night long. And your night is about over. For when you wake up in the morning, you're going to find out that God has made a way. And he's made a path through. Like the kings in the wilderness. Wondering how we're going to conquer our enemy. 
And God says, just do what you can do. Take your shovels and just dig some ditches. Make this valley full of ditches. Because they're going to be full of water. You're not going to see rain and you're not going to see wind. But it's all going to be full of water. And so they did what they could. They just got their shovels together and they started digging. Because in this night that we're in, you just do what you can do. That's all you do. You just do what you can do. You just get the shovel out and you put it in the ground and you start digging. And you just do what you can do. Because the way out is going to be left up to God. God's going to be one that's going to take care of this. And somewhere in that night, I don't know how it happened, but somewhere in that night, somewhere in that darkness, God brought some water in. I don't know how it got there. It don't matter how it got there. All I know is when they woke up the next morning, their night was over and the ditch was full of water. I've come to preach to somebody on this Sunday morning that your long night is about over. If you'll just do what you can do. Worship. Listen to God. Keep your eyes on the Lord. When you wake up in the morning, the Lord night is going to be over and you're going to be able to say with the psalmist David thou hast brought me up thou hast kept me thou hast delivered me thou hast set me free thou hast made me whole thou hast brought me back from the grave thou hast brought me through because God has been my help somebody clap your hands to the Lord now oh hallelujah So here's the picture that the psalmist draws in the 30th chapter of the book of Psalms. It's the picture of a home. A door. Up the sidewalk comes a woman clad in mourning clothes. She has no flowers in her hand. Her face is veiled. There seems to be an atmosphere that she carries with her. She comes to the door. She doesn't knock. She doesn't ask for entrance. She simply barges in. And the psalmist says that weeping may. It's permitted. It's allowed. It just comes in. Doesn't ask if she can sit down. She just does. She doesn't ask if she can cast her atmosphere of gloom and and doom across that home. She just does. She just sits there. You can protest all you want that this is my house. You can't come here, but she's permitted. She's allowed to come. She's allowed to stay. She does. She stays through the night. Weeping is found in that home as you cry and tears roll down your cheek. But the next morning with the sunrise, while she's still sitting In the chair in the house, there's another guest that comes down that sidewalk. She looks a whole lot different than the guest from the night before. She's clad in the brightest of clothing. She's got a little skip in her feet and a dance that she's doing down that sidewalk. She's got a 
a bouquet of flowers in her hands and there's a smile on her face and it just seems she exudes with that thing called joy. She walks to the door and she doesn't reach for the handle to open it. She simply knocks on the door. She's waiting for somebody to open the door now. You cautiously go because the last time you went to the door there was one standing there in those morning clothes that that just barged their way in. But when you come now to the door she's standing graciously on the porch and there's a smile that goes from ear to ear and there's a presence about her from head to toe. She seems to be one you would like to welcome in. But she says I can't come. I cannot come until that one that's in your home leaves. You have to make them leave and suddenly you turn around and you look at weeping and say I've done my due I let you stay for the night that was all I was required to do you can't stay any longer I've got another guest on my porch her name is joy and joy has come today and weeping has to get up and weeping has to walk out the door as joy comes into the house oh friend weeping may and door for the night but joy cometh in the morning I think it's time for someone to realize my long night is over and joy is standing at my door and he's ready to take my morning and he's ready to turn it into dancing and he's ready to take my sackcloth and he's ready to give me strength in its place I've spent the night it's now time for the day would you stand with me all across the building today and would you lift your hands and your voice to the Lord you have been listening to an audio sermon from Apostolic Worship Center located in Norman Oklahoma we are located at 3221 North Porter Avenue Norman Oklahoma 73071 our service times are Sunday at 10 o'clock a.m. and 6 o'clock p.m. And we also have various ministries happening on Wednesday night. For more information, visit our website, www.awcnorman.com. Call us at 405-329-1285 or email us at info at awcnorman.com. We hope that this recording has been a blessing to you.